0: Welcome to Laguna Costa Radio, featuring interviews with authentic anglers and hunters from around the globe, and brought to you by Laguna Costa Outfitters, purveyors of sweet threads for the salty soul. Check us out at LagunaCosta.com. Good morning, everybody. Uh, Dink Murphy here with Laguna Costa Radio, and I am very happy to have uh, today's guest uh, for our second podcast of Laguna Coaster Radio. I have Josh Jorgensen, a.k.a. Black Tip H, on the line with me. You there, Josh? Yes, I am. All right. Josh is the founder and, and the namesake of the most subscribed to YouTube fishing channel. Uh, or online fishing channel for that matter, uh, in the world. And I hope I have that stat correct. Uh, Josh, that's a pretty big claim.
1: Yes, yes, we're very, uh, very blessed. And, uh, I've been very excited from the content we have. That's awesome. Uh, Josh is an extreme angler with, uh, an
0: adrenaline seeking appetite for monster fish. He's been featured on CNN, CBS, Shark week and, uh, and many more that, uh, we won't mention here. Uh, thanks for joining us on Laguna Coaster Radio, Josh. I know you're busy and got a lot going on and I, I tried to catch you last week and, uh, uh, you said you had been up, until uh, till about 5, 5.30 in the morning and I'm assuming you were, uh, out trying to catch, uh, monster fish. I don't know what was going on, but we're glad you joined us this morning.
1: Oh yeah, yeah absolutely. Very happy to be here.
0: Hey, tell us a little bit about you, you know, like where you grew up, uh, when your love for fishing started, and, and just some general background on Josh Jorgensen,
1: uh, Black Tip H. Well, I grew up in Windsor, Ontario, in Lake St. Clair. I started fishing when I was about three years old. I mostly fished for bass and, uh, pike and muskie. And, you know, I actually caught everything, carp, bluegill, panfish, uh, catfish, I mean, anything that could pull, pull line off my reel, I was pretty happy. And uh, 2003, I uh, started fishing in Florida, caught my first shark in 2004, and I've been hooked ever since, and, you know, I never really looked back much of freshwater. I love freshwater, but, you know, getting us into the world of saltwater fishing, it's, it's hard to go back. You know, I just love catching the big fish, man. It's just so super exciting. I love hearing my reel scream. I love feeling that power. I love the tug of war when it comes to a monster, you know, where I put everything I have into the fish, and he's still kicking my butt, and it's just just awesome, and, um, you know, I've been living down here since 2011, and I'm very thankful, very blessed to be here, and you know, Black tip H started out, uh, you just, me posting videos, because people didn't believe that I caught sharks in the beach, you know, so I start posting some videos, and one thing like to another, and now it's, uh, the largest fishing channel online.
0: So. Well, I have to tell you, uh, from a personal standpoint, the first time I heard the name Black Tip H, uh, and I'm not trying to plug this, uh, company, but I was preparing for Sharkathon, which is, you know, another conservation-based, land-based mm-hmm. fish, uh, shark fishing tournament that takes place, uh, Tech, Padre Island National Seashore. And, and I was interviewing him and getting some recommendations on leaders. Uh, the guy was with Shark Outlet. And, mm-hmm. um uh, towards the end we said, you know, where can people go for some, uh, some more videos and tips and, and, you know, the novice that's trying to learn a little bit more about the equipment and the, and the strategies. And he said, man, just go on YouTube and search Black Tip H. And I'm like, Black Tip what? black tip H. He said, trust me, everything you need is right there. The guy's awesome. Very knowledgeable. Tell us about that name. I think the black tip, the H is for hunter. People used to call you Blacktip hunter, uh, in the beginning. Is that how that came about? Tell us a little yeah, bit about
1: Yeah, yeah. I name. was obsessed with black tip sharks, and that was my internet username, and so everyone knew me. They called me the black tip hunter. Uh, I just love picking black so much, and, uh, People would call, short form, they would call it DTH, you know, it's so different, Black Tip Hunter. So I said, hey, you know, why not just say Black Tip H, you know, it was actually like a, it's funny how it, how it, the name came to be, it's more of a trial and error than it was really Uh, let's, that, that's such a great idea, let's go with that name, you know, so. But it's worked out great, and uh, I think a lot of people have learned you know, I'm familiar with the name now. You know, it's a very unusual. There was actually a time when I was thinking about changing the name, of the entire show, and you know, I realized that you know the name Black Tip H because it's it's original. It's not it's not something that exists in dictionary. It it really helps in terms of whenever someone mentions Black Tip H, from that it really helps you know grow the grow the awareness because it's so unusual. So the more people hear it, the more people you know pay attention. Well, it certainly seems to be working for you a mighty fine. And, uh, as far as
0: that footage and that channel on YouTube, uh, is it, is it just shark, uh, footage or does it feature a, a number of so-called monster fish catches and tips?
1: Well, Black to H, you know, we're, I mean, we love showing the videos that people want to see. You know, we like, I mean, and my, my rule is simple. I won't upload anything that I myself won't watch. You know, so we like to show really exciting content that really shows how awesome the fish is, you know, whether it's sharks, a grouper, or shellfish, or whatever. You know, I want to show how, how amazing of a sport fish, you know, that really is. And I've, in the past, you know, and and also, you know, in the future, we focus heavily on, you know, education, trying to help our viewers. We answer a lot of comments, you know, trying to, you know, try, try to answer all the comments, but sometimes we just much you know but we try to you know when someone has questions I, I know what it feels like you know i know what it feels like to be in the dark you know and uh it's uh yeah it really helps when someone who's who's knowledgeable and has gone through that stuff can really help you know what like like when i first started hooking really big sharks on the beach i, I mean i lost every single one of them i, I didn't i was just on there, on there, you know, oh, that didn't work, let's try something else next time, you know, and um, I think I've lost every shark i've lost i've lost, I think I've almost explored every single way you can leave a shark i've I've learned how not to catch fish, before so on how how to actually catch fish, so that's where I really like to help people is you know, hey, you know this is this must work for me, you know this is uh you know, don't do this or that because you know this 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 is what can happen, you know so it's such well, isn't just a. On that topic, if you don't mind, I
0: mean, there's so, so many um, options and things we could talk about with a, uh, such an experienced and unique guest like yourself. But if we could uh, drill down a little bit on shark fishing, and if you don't mind me going a little more narrow than that, just to stay focused, uh, if we could talk uh, land based, uh, course conservation based catch and release. Uh-huh. Um, and if we could speak directly to the beginner or the novice, uh, shark angler or the wannabe or the aspiring, Um and land-based, whether it's on the beach or whether it's on a pier, uh, whether they have a kayak to, um, uh, paddle a bait out there or not. Are you okay if we, we go, go drill down there a little bit? Yeah, I mean, absolutely. Okay, I think... Can we, can we, uh, if we could, can we start with the equipment? Like, I mean, if somebody was going out to get their first rod and reel without breaking the bank, you know, and, and maybe they need to kind of shoot for the middle. I know there's a wide range of of equipment out there. But if we could uh, make some recommendations for that person that maybe doesn't have anything right now, just kind of something that will be good, solid, all around, and, and again, uh, somewhat economical, not, not break the bank,
1: where would you start with the rod and reel? Honestly, I think the best way for anyone to start shark fishing from the beach or from the shore is to start with a surf casting setup. You know, don't start, learn how to catch the big, the smaller sharks, you know, anywhere from five to seven feet. Don't go and buy AUIs and one berries and try to catch a 13 foot fish because you're going to, yes, it can happen. You know, if you're an experienced angler, but if you're an inexperienced angler and you're just getting into fishing, start with surf casting. You know, get a, get a surf rod that's anywhere from 11 to 13 feet that can cast anywhere from you know up to 10 8, eight or more ounces of of, of of lure weight you know you want to depending on, on you know the beach conditions it could be strong current it could be whatever you know you want to be able to make sure that you can cast a heavy enough sinker to hold bottom or even a claw sinker Um, and you want to get a reel that can hold a minimum of 400 yards of line A lot of people, they go, well, you don't really need that much, but, you know, I've hooked a lot of fish that, where you really needed that much. I mean, it's, one thing that, you know, especially, you know, when you're first starting out, nothing hurts more than losing a really nice fish. You know, I mean, that's in my opinion. I mean, I, 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 I can remember, I can remember all the fish I've lost more than the fish I've caught. You know, because the fish I've lost are the ones that you know, it's, it's like a scar, man. It's like, oh man, you know, it sucks. You know, and um, I mean, you can get. I'm not gonna say any particular brands, but you know, like I said, a, spin, a spinning reel, or if you like casting a uh, conventional, something that can hold minimum 400 yards of line, and you don't want to. I mean, I recommend fishing braid if you're gonna get just casting. You know, and I would start with <laughs> minimum 50, 65 preferred. You know, um. And uh when you tie your knots to your leaders, make sure you double up the knot. You want to wrap the line around the eye of the swivel twice. You know, that's a really major thing, especially with braid. You know, swivels can, you know, most of them, they're subject sort to of corrosion, and, and that braid, when, as it moves back and forth from that swivel eye, you know, it can really uh fray, and, you know, you get a big enough shark, it'll just pop it off. I mean, there's some pretty basic techniques right there. And um, one, another nothing you know, for, like, bait-wise, you know, my rule of thumb is never use a piece of bait larger than a closed fist. You know, when you're surf casting, there's no need for it. And the yeah. larger when you're, when you're surf casting, the larger the bait you use, the more likely you are to lose the shark. Um, well, on if, on, if, if we can hmm?
0: circle back just real quick to the to the rod and reel, and I understand uh-huh. not not wanting to mention specific uh, brands, but like the 11 to 13 foot surf rod, um, any any type of uh Uh, what do they need to look at as far as what what might be stamped on that rod for line or or medium action or medium heavy, that sort of thing, as far as the rod? Let's start there.
1: I think the most important thing is, you know, is your lure weight. You want to make sure that your rod is capable of casting. I mean, I personally use pyramid sinkers, um, and I, I never really use a sinker less than five ounces. So when you taking consideration your regular weighs two ounces, your your weight's five, six ounces, and your bait's probably you know three ounces. I mean you want something that can can up like like a ten ounce. Ten, okay. uh, you know, something you know that's that's if, if you buy anything lighter, you're gonna, just gonna snap it twig. You know, and that's usually marked on the rod, right? Ten yeah, ounces. Yeah, yeah, okay. And and
0: the reel, um you said spinning reel. I mean um, what are they going to spend there? I mean, is there anything to stay away from uh in the spinning reel line? Or, you know, these things um, can get pretty sandy and salty and messy, and if they're not going to be cleaning real well, you know, you want something durable.
1: I mean, the reality is, I mean, I personally I, I use a very high-end reel because of how much I fish. I mean, I've, if, you, if you're going to fish a lot, invest your money wisely and buy a reel that's sealed, you know, that's designed to take the abuse of sand and, and, and salt water. Don't buy cheap reels. Just sealed, just, and that'll that'll be marked on the on the advertising of the box, right? Sealed yeah.
0: bearings, or okay.
1: It's just sealed, you know, so so water okay. can't get in. Um, and, you know, I mean, it, as if you're going to fish a lot, because otherwise you're just gonna, you're going to just going to go through reels. I mean, you know, I, I've broken a ton of equipment, you know, and, and reels. There are are you know the cheaper end reels that they just they start fall they fall apart. They really do. You know, uh, especially if you if you fish them hard. Yeah. And the line we're gonna uh, spool
0: that reel with, um do you ever do any monofilament backing or do you go straight? No, I I I, I
1: I never ever do monofilament backing. I've seen the horrors of monofilament backing. Okay. If you if you want to lose your fish because you care more about your reel, then yes, get mono backing But the problem what I saw is uh One time, I, I saw a fish that had a we had a very tight drag and it, had, it was mono backing. The braid cut into the mono and it jammed. It jammed the entire reel, and it's, eventually it snapped. Um, I, I think, uh I mean, m- me personally, I will I will break a reel to catch a fish, especially to get down to the knot. You know, it, it's it's of okay. course it's, it's you know, in my opinion, the it's, it's it's a great story. You know, hey, I came to the knot, I stopped the fish at knot. And I've stopped a lot of fish at the knot. You can stop fish up the knot. There's no you know, it's very powerful especially if you have a strong knot. Um, okay, so we're
0: going we're going straight braid. Um what what pound test on that braid?
1: Um I I would say sixty sixty five is a good starting one because, you know you get that little extra strength.
0: Okay. And then uh rolling uh right into I guess from the
1: braid to straight to the leader, the shark leader? Yeah, I mean we we got a video on YouTube that you guys can your audience can watch about how to make a beat leader for surf fishing. Uh it's pretty okay. pretty good video there. Pretty pretty uh you know, well organized. Uh it goes over if you don't know how to crimp, there's a you know mm-hmm. little little uh video thumbnail inside the video you can click another video that shows you how to crimp. Um, and
0: uh yeah, I and mean, this is right. making the entire rig. This is uh, yeah. not buying a prefab uh, shark rig. So you no, can walk them through right down to the hook size and everything like that.
1: Yeah, I never recommend buying store bought rigs. They fall apart. You know, they just okay. the junk. So they can find that on your
0: channel. Excellent. So they should spend yeah. a little time there and practice makes perfect. And and make some make some rigs. Mm-hmm. Okay, and. What about other peripherals, or as I might say, tools for the trade—bolt um, uh, cutters, uh, rope uh, to land the fish, uh, things of that nature. What else might they that they need to consider uh, to to have a be prepared for a decent size uh,
1: catch? Well, you're going to need a dehooker, um, something that that you can, you know. I mean, I, I've used pliers a lot, but the problem with pliers is uh, they don't always really work the best. Sometimes you just can't get the angle. The hooker is sometimes better. Um, bolt cutters are, you know, I never leave like leaving this hook in any fish. I'd rather just cut the hook and pull the hook out. So, um, you know, if you can't get the hook out of the shark, just use, use bolt cutters and just cut the hook in half. You know, and usually leave half hook in the fish's mouth. It will it will shake out. Fall out so it'll it'll work out over time. A lot of people absolutely don't know what's that. that. Yeah. Okay. Uh, it's just because if the hooks all into the skin. Um, he cut half of it. The other half is going to come out. I mean, you know, whether he is chasing a fish and he gets caught in the fish he's catching, or if he, he, he rubs his, his hand, his head on the sand, or something, it's going to come off.
0: And a lot of people don't realize, you know, just how tired a, a shark might be by the time you actually land it, get it, get it to shallow water. Can you walk us through that process? because I think, if I'm not mistaken, you can bring it up. Too high on dry ground and, and it's not so good for the, uh,
1: sharks. Well, sharks, sharks don't have any bones, so their bodies are not designed for, I mean, their bodies are designed for zero, zero gravity, you know, like in, in the water, you know, it's a, it's a, what's the term, a scientific term, it's a, a neutral, n- neutral, uh, buoyancy or neutral, uh, neutral gravity in the water. They're not, they're not fighting against, um as much as, as 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 someone on land is, and um, you know when you pull a shark up, especially a large shark, uh, there's the gill. The gills can get crushed. The organs can be damaged. Um, you have to remember the longer. It's very important to land a shark as fast as possible. Any fish that as fast as possible. Where you know, I'm not against light tackle fishing, but you know, I I believe with light tackle fishing, there comes a lot of responsibility. Um yeah. and maybe you have the rule of having a photo with your fish, because at the end of the day, catch and release fishing, it, 50% is catching, 50% is successful release. And if you don't have a successful release, you fail. So, um you know, land the sharks as fast as possible, bring them to shore, don't pull them as far, you know, you want to pull them as far enough out of the water where they can't get back, where they can't swim away, you know. Um don't pull them on the dry sand, you want you leave them on wet sand, and um don't, over obsessive taking pictures you know uh, my rule of thumb is you know like one to two minutes max you know you want to make yeah. sure that um and and, and and it's all based on situation like if you hook if you have a foul hook shark don't even take it out of the water take the hook out and just let it go because it's probably extremely tired you know uh you just have to assess your situation and you know some people they do it because they have an ego to fill and they want to take a great photo of a great catch and they want to show the world how awesome they are I mean, you know, some of these sharks you're catching, especially when you get into the, the larger species, these fish are probably older than you are, you know? Like, um, it's like I've been there. You know, I've seen fish die in front of me, and it's, it's not a good feeling. It's terrible, you know? And um, there's nothing more. I mean, it's, the reality is fishing has its categories. I mean, you're never going to have a 100% mortality rate. You know, it, fish fish just die. I mean just the way it is. You know, if you're catching bass, or catching sharks, or sailfish, or whatever, the reality is some fish just don't make it. But as a responsible angler, it's important to make every step possible for the fish to survive. You know, the fish should have priority over photographs or measurements or anything like that. Well, that's great.
0: Great information. And um, um, if anybody who's ever fished uh, for sharks um, and landed one, uh, you'll know you get a a very large uh, crowd, depending on the time of the day, um, uh, very quickly, and, and sometimes you even have some people that don't know what the heck they're talking about, yelling in your ear, telling you you're you're, you're doing something bad, and a lot of misinformation out there. So I uh, appreciate all of that uh, detail. Um, there's so many things. Oh, uh, <laughs> let's talk one more thing on that release. Uh, I don't know if you're an advocate of this, but I see some that will – literally straddle uh, the shark and kind of guide it back into the water and until it's got enough life in it that it, it's going to swim away on its own. And a lot of people might look at that and say, well, that's crazy. You're just asking for trouble. I think we forget just how tired that shark is. Can can you walk us through that real quick on, on your technique for that?
1: I mean, you just want to make sure that the shark is getting water through his gills. And yeah, I've been and, you know, neck deep, you know, with and off the beach with four and pound bull sharks, you know, and big hammerhead and whatever and tigers. You want to make sure that the fish lives, but you also want to make sure, like, like if the sharks, if the sharks, you know, when you're in the water, if he takes off, don't don't try to be a hero, just let him go, you know, because he will turn around, he's he's confused, you know, and he might turn around and bite you, you know. It's best to, you know, you want to stay away from his head, you want to stay away from mouth, obviously, and you want to just make sure that you can just kind of guide the shark back into the water, and if you have to go in a little bit, just to make sure that it lives, um, you know, you have to do that. But the number one, my number one rule is don't try to be a show-off. Don't, don't try, you know, the second people try showing off or you know, pride sets in is the very second that accidents happen. You, you stop, yeah. you stop focusing on the unpredictable nature of the animal, and you're focusing on Trying to use the animal for your own benefit, and um, that's where accidents happen. So it's very important to respect, give these animals the most respect as possible because they are wild animals and they are capable of doing of biting you or you know just you know hurting you. I mean, you got to approach them very cautiously, and you know they need, they need your help sometimes. You know, you got to give them help, but don't go too far. You know. Well, great. Look, a number
0: of things, uh, we've run out of time here, but uh, you just tell me if these things we might have missed uh, can easily be found on your YouTube channel. I guess you've got something in more detail on bait recommendation types of fish Mm -hmm. and that sort of thing. Okay, we can check that. Uh, Launching the bait, uh, whether you're casting with a a surf rod or, or paddling a kayak when you get to that level, that's all
1: out there as well. Yeah, it is. You know, I mean, we're actually in the process of making a whole series of land-based uh, videos, land-based shark fishing tutorials, okay. um, and we're going to make sure that you know these are very well produced and great uh, educational uh reference videos for, for anglers. You know, because like um, it's going to be much easier for, as our channel grows and our audience grows. It, it's it's becoming more and more difficult to answer all the questions. So making videos uh it just makes it, my life much easier. So I'd rather take I'm transferring taking all the questions we've had over the years and take the key points out of them and make you know make videos about that. You know, cause there are questions. I mean, at the end of the day, there's always going to be questions you can you know you can't answer in a video sometimes. But yeah, you know, I mean, the reality is, I mean, I'm going to do my best to make sure that that we can answer everyone's questions because you know I had those questions too when I started. And when you you need someone to help you answer them it it's it's you don't feel confident going out there on your own trying to do something like that. you know you wanna have some guidance great
0: well, on that note, well, we look forward to those those videos, but there's certainly plenty out there right now, so please mm-hmm. take a look on youtube everybody black tip h be easy to find with the search uh josh um other uh uh website you want to plug or social media? where else might they find you out there too? Oh, you can find it
1: black to page on Instagram and on Facebook and on twitter uh pretty easy to find Just type black to page in and uh yeah I mean on instagram we're, we're pretty active we're trying to post multiple times a day um Facebook we're posting unique videos And Twitter we're just you know getting, keep giving updates
0: excellent. Josh, we really appreciate you joining us today on Laguna Costa Radio, and uh, uh, we're going to send you uh, some gear. Uh, you you may be prohibited from wearing it publicly based on your uh, current uh, sponsorships, but uh, maybe you can uh, uh, sleep in it at home or something. So we look forward to sending you something you can you can do something with. And uh, just a small thank you for taking the time to to uh, do this interview. Thanks, yeah, Josh. I really have, appreciate have it. Thank,
1: thank you so much.
0: Yeah, have a great day, great week. Take care. Bye. Today's podcast was brought to you by Laguna Costa Outfitters, purveyors of apparel for the authentic angler, hunter, and outdoors enthusiast. Check us out at LagunaCosta.com or join us on Instagram and Facebook. Laguna Costa, sweet threads for the salty soul.